This pitcher pitched for the Indians in 1995, 1996, 1998, and 1999. Wait, sorry. I'm just so excited to finally do a random Cleveland Indians since we didn't do one last time that I didn't even figure I would introduce us. Alongside TJ Zuppi and apparently a bunch of police officers chasing us. I'm Zach Meisel. Welcome to the Selvius Godcast in the very quiet Cleveland media dining room. Why are you whispering? Because I don't want to talk too loud or they might think I'm actually enjoying the barbecue beef brisket they're serving. (laughs) Do you want to chronicle what we just did to find this place? Do you think they would find this interesting? Yes. We walked all around Progressive Field looking for a room that was quiet. Not too quiet. why, Why are we doing that? Because they turned our favorite room full of old media guides into some top secret, uh, I don't even know what it is. Top yeah, secret room? Us. I mean, it could be... It could be anything. It, it could even be a boat. It could be like a casino in there now. Maybe they put slot machines. They changed the locks. People who used to have access to that room no longer have access. Yeah, Mayor Bob in the press box no longer can walk in there at will. There were press box, or there were uh, press kits and, and media guides and all this stuff that was thrown out on, on every table. That bird, that bird is now where? Have you even seen in there? Have you even seen the door no. open? No, I haven't either, and no one will tell us. So what could it be? And as that's happening, as we're no longer able to record our podcast here at Progressive Field, now we're back to trying to find a quiet place. For us, the podcast where the background background noise is not going to be too overpowering, but we're not going to overpower everyone else. So is that subtle art that you said is trying to find a room that's not too quiet? Yeah, the Bone Thugs and Harmony playing in the club lounge was too loud. The press box was too quiet, and the Detroit Tigers front office stole our booth that we recorded with Andre Not uh, last week. So we are in the media dining room, um, where you can eat delicacies from all over the world. Uh, that beef brisket, I, I don't want to, this is mean. It looks just like, just like what we give our dog oh, no. so that he's quiet and occupied when we have did a bunch of guests compare, over. Did you just compare this to wet dog food? No, 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 it's like a, like a marrow bone. It looks like the meat on a, a marrow bone. I can't believe you just compared a no. dog treat to what they are serving. That's ridiculous. No, is it though? It's ridiculous. Okay. Would anyway. You, would you rather, would you rather eat your dog's treats or eat this? Which treats? Have you ever opened up a dog treat and said, that actually kind of smells good? Yes. Have you actually, Peanut butter. Have you actually ever tried one? I have not. My wife claims she has, but I haven't seen it. So, tell you what, sometimes you open up those packages and you're like... Man, I, I think I would probably snack on this. This is this is not so bad. Yeah. My dog does not like green beans. Well, I don't think you're supposed to feed your dog green beans. You or, can. Or grapes. But he like he loves carrots. He loves uh So you're okay with table scraps for the dog? No, I just I find it interesting to see what he like cuz like dogs will eat anything. Like he loves eating goose poop, but he doesn't like green beans. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh. Anyway, Let's do a random so Indian. So what are we going to do on the Selby's Godcast let's, today? Let's start with a random Indian. And if you pass this test, we can talk about pertinent things. And then, and if uh, I don't pass this test, we get to talk more. Podcast is over. No, podcast is over. Okay. You got to get this right. 
All right. This guy pitched for the Indians in 95, 96, 98, and 99. Okay. I, I have nothing based on that. Kind of confusing, huh? Where, where was he in 97? Yeah, that's right. He was pitching for a National League team. Go on. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to... thought you had a guess, maybe. No, I have no guess. <clears throat> All right. Well, the he, he signed with the Indians before the 95 season. The Indians then traded him during the 96 season for Mark Carrion. He re-signed with the Indians before the 98 season. Then left... Joined Philly in 99. They cut him in August. And then he rejoined the Indians again at the end of 99. Is this Jim Poole? Yeah. He who we, also... Who we had dinner with? Well, so that was my my last clue was going to be he was... He sat at our table, our lunch table, during the manager's luncheon in the winter meetings last December. Yeah. I remember the food distinctly being better than anything you would serve your dog. <laughs> yes. It was pretty good. Uh... He also signed with the Indians in 2000, though. He didn't. Um, so your last didn't clue get into a major would have been game. that we had dinner with him, not that he gave up the home run to David Justice. That was in, in the game middle. Six. Or, well. so, so I wouldn't have gotten that <laughs> I mean, he gave up the home run to, to Dave Justice in 95, well, game six he, in the World Series? I think the main point there was that he had to bat. <laughs> the controversy was Hargrove left him in, right? Didn't he pinch hit? Or, or didn't he bunt? I d- he was I don't supposed remember. to bunt. I don't remember. I'm sorry. Um, well, he's got... He has one postseason plate appearance. It was during the World Series. He was 0 for 1, so he didn't get the bunt there. What? Who, who had the better chance of coming up with a hit in the World Series? Jim Poole or Michael Martinez? Wow. Ah. <laughs> uh. What are you typing in? Like, what could you be looking up? What do you have? Do you have something on your phone? Do you have an app that would give you an answer to that? I want to see Jim Poole's regular season. Of course, there's also a Jim Poole who played in the 1920s. Is it the same so guy? I click on the wrong one. Now I have to kind of give him I some credit if, if he I want, was pitching that long. I want to see if he had a regular season batting stats. He did. One for eight with a double. So, his so hold career on, hold on. His, is so what? hold on, hold on. His career slugging percentage <laughs> is 250. And in that one season where he had the double, it was 500. So 250 slugging percentage. Michael Martinez's slugging percentage, can you guess it? Uh, 247. 261. Oh, so Martinez. So close. Martinez by a hair. <laughs> oh, Anna Bolton is going to be so mad at you. Um, all right, let's, let's talk. 2018 stuff or 2017 maybe well you did just write about the 22 game win streak revisiting it over 5 billion words no 5,000 words seemed like 5 billion as you were does McDonald's still have over 99 billion served (laughs) they've had that for like 20 years can't they update that they're still waiting I used to think as a kid that that would update each time someone went through the (laughs) drive-thru It took Did me you know forever that, to like, understand how that was possible since there were only six billion people on Earth. <laughs> Everybody only gets one. Uh, no, I thought that there was, that was a counter. I thought it counted the number of times that people went through the McDonald's drive-thru. 
So you went through the drive. You just kept going <laughs> in the circle. Until... I just thought I was helping out the cause of raising that number. Um, but yeah, no. So kind of what I want to get to is Terry Franco and I talked about this a little bit this afternoon. Um, what's the what's the best or or is there a certain way you want to be going into the postseason? Like they won twenty two in a row. They they. Finished thirty four and five, and then won the first two, and then got smacked around. The year before, it looked like everything was going up in flames, and then they breezed past Boston and Toronto. Like, what is the ideal way to go into the playoffs? Because when you don't play in that wild card game, you have four days off. That halts all momentum, and. At the same time, it also gives guys a chance to get a little healthier and rested. Well, see, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say healthy, but then I go back to 2016, and they weren't that. They weren't. They weren't healthy. That's why the things had to get moved around the way that they did. And it's also why I've heard people say if the Indians would have had Carrasco in 2016, they would have won, won it all. Or if they would have had a healthy Danny Salazar for the entire postseason, they would have won it all. And you don't know that. You, they could have actually lost in the first round somehow because they had Carrasco there. A lot of the reason why they won those games is because the, the situation's dictated. They used the, the pitching staff the way that they did, yeah. and it worked out in those short series. Now, maybe it would have played out differently in the World Series when you had to go a full seven games, and that way you're not running through guys a you know, three-day rest kind of an ordeal. Okay, maybe you can make that point. But to get there, to get to the World Series... If they have a healthy Carrasco, I'm not. It's not a foregone conclusion that they get there, based on playing the, the games the way that they would have if they would have had a healthy rotation. So I don't think there is a. I don't think there's a good answer for this because you could say go in hot, go in playing well, go in feeling well. But I think Tito also raised a pretty good point today when he said you got those four games off. If you're not playing in that wild card game, you got that stretch where your everyone's momentum is halted. So you could go in winning twenty in a row. What does it really matter if you have four days off and you come out and get it shoved up, you know, where in that first game by somebody who comes in and shuts you down? So I don't, I don't think there's a formula for it. I don't think you can sit there and try to say we need to get this to work out perfectly because this is going to give us our, uh, that, that certainty that we're going to advance far in the postseason. There is no such thing. There's no such thing as certainty when you're talking about five and seven game stretches. You can try to set yourself up as best as possible. You can try to set your pitching up the way that you want and try to be as healthy and as rested as possible, but that doesn't guarantee anything. So like someone like Jose Ramirez, who's really struggled for the last month, do you need or want to see him get hot for a week going into the playoffs? Who does Or is it... But, like, does that accomplish anything? No, not really. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that he's going to, for certain, go in and, and hit five home runs in a seven-game series. I mean, you even like, why do we in, even play the regular season? <laughs> that's, that's, for a team like the Indians, who has had this thing wrapped up since April, I think there's a point there. It, it even I was just reading through the comments on what you wrote today I think, on The Athletic. People were... A few people down towards the bottom, there were the minority, but still a few people that said none of this really even matters because they went out and lost. And So I think a lot of people have kind of held that same standard the whole year. It didn't really matter what they did in the regular season. They could have played well. They could play bad. doesn't matter. All, all that matters is what you do in the postseason. I think that's why it's, it's so funny. Like 
you know, we're the we're the liaison between the the fans and the and the players, and we're around the players every day. So like, you know, they have a heartbreaking loss, and they're like, well, you know, we'll turn the play page pretty quickly. Like, we're not gonna dwell on this. I'm not gonna lose sleep over a game in May. And then sometimes there are fans who are like losing their shit because the Indians blew a lead in the ninth inning on May 7th against the Twins. I'm like, I get it. You're a fan, and, and we've talked all year about how we're not going to tell fans what to think. But it's it, it does go back to what you said. Like, I think the players knew during that winning streak last year, and part of why they didn't really want to open up about it or, or admit that they were thinking about it was because they knew that once the season was over, they would be judged on what they did in October. And everything from April to through September is a footnote. And rightfully so. But it doesn't mean that you still can't pull bits and pieces out of there. Or I think as a player, look back and feel good about what you accomplished. And that's did, why. Did you accomplish your main goal? That's no. why I wrote the story. But it shouldn't yeah. be just thrown away into the garbage right. because you didn't win at all. I mean, you look back on what the, the A's accomplished. And they made <laughs> Moneyball wasn't just about the winning streak course it was the movie was made because of the whole idea behind Moneyball and the winning streak is what kind of helped put that all on the map but it wasn't as, as if they won 20 oh, the games movie with, said, the movie with Brad Pitt <laughs> yeah. Jonah Hill uh, yes that, that would be the one did you see that movie by the way I saw like two-thirds of it and I fell asleep do you, do you know how it ends the A's win 20 in a row they don't win the World Series uh, I, I, it hasn't ended spoiled it for they're you. still going on <laughs> they're still playing uh, Billy Bean's Chris, still there. Chris Pratt is hitting walk-off home runs. Um, who did he play? He played Scott Hatterberg. I don't even think I realized. I don't know that I knew who Chris Pratt was at that time. Eh, at the time, he was kind was of... Parks and Rec out yet? Well, I think it was towards the end of that, maybe. I tried to watch Parks and Rec the other night. Not a fan. Wow. I'm not, It'll grow on you. I'm not a big... Yeah, it took you a little while to warm up to The Office. I'm not a big... Here's the redeeming quality of The Office. You have the Michael Scott character who's played by uh, Steve Carell. I enjoy Steve Carell, and I think he's a funny guy, and like a lot of other stuff that he does. Amy Poehler is the main character in Parks and Recs, right? Does that continue the way through the whole series? Yeah. She pretty much. I'm not a big Amy Poehler. I'm not. Okay. I've never been in a big Amy Poehler. I just love how weird Leslie Nope is. (laughs) Some of the shit she says is just so... Is that fair, Odd. though? I mean, yeah. I stuck with The Office because I like Steve Carell, and I was That's willing fine. to see it through. They do a, I think they do a good job in Parks and Rec. What the hell are we talking about? They highlight other characters. <laughs> like, you would love her. Don't you love Jerry? Gary? Larry? Terry? Who? Gary Gergich? Jerry Gergich? I don't know who that is. He's like the... Everyone picks on him. Don't, don't you love Ron Swanson? I don't know who that is. See, I mean, I, th- I think you need to give it more of a chance. I mean, I'll, I'll give it more than one episode. I just... It was kind of oh, a struggle. Heard Happily is was, the best character in any show of all time. I was struggling my way through that first episode. It's one episode. I mean, come on. The first episode of The Office was bad. Yes. But like I said, I, I had the, the wiggle room of liking Steve Carell and, and believing that he could deliver a strong performance. Yeah, you got to give him more than one episode. Anyway, so the win streak was cool. I'm, I mean, I'm able to compartmentalize it. I know some fans can't, some players can't, but uh, is there anything, like, we were talking about this, when you think back, they won 22 in a row, which is nuts, because it seems like this year they can't win more than three or four in a row, it seems. Um, Is there anything, when you think back, that stands out? Yeah, 
the fact that nothing stands out. <laughs> no, you know, I was, we were talking about this as you were compiling your quotes, and I said the weirdest thing about it is, I mean, you, you talked to some of the main players. You, you talked to Frankie. You talked to Kipnis, who wasn't even there for it. I mean, he was, he was there for it, but wasn't actually playing in these games. Um, you had a lot of guys that, that weren't major players as far as what you would consider just the, the difference maker kind of guys. You had a lot of guys just step up and have those random days that were kind of out of the ordinary and kind of, kind of memorable. But when you look back on it, then you're talking to Eric Gonzalez about the day that he hit two home runs in Chicago. Uh, or talking to Greg Allen about his first major league home run, which took place in that, in that uh, win over the White Sox. You're thinking back to Yandy Diaz, who had what was it, a four-hit day yeah. against the Red Sox. And that was the one where he, I think he had his first extra base hit. He hit the couple off the wall. He slides in for a triple. I remember that. That was the game against Chris Sale. It was the first game in that streak. You had a lot of guys randomly stepping up that weren't a huge part. I don't want to say a huge part of the team. But like just aren't the guys that you would think of sure. going to carry a team to 22 wins. That's not to say that Jose... Jose didn't have his moments, or Frankie didn't, of course, come up with a huge hit uh, to enable Jay Bruce to come up and win it later. Yeah, all those things happen. I actually think that's what they've been missing this year, by the way. Jay Bruce? No, those complimentary players providing, carrying them on certain days. It seems like, especially the lineup, it's, it's been so top-heavy. That so that when you have a stretch like Frankie and Jose right now right. are not hitting, and what has happened to the offense right. most days. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the pitching was unbelievable. Like, they didn't give up more than five runs in any game, or six the first game, and then... But mo- I mean, didn't Cody se- say, like, he didn't pitch at all? Pitched, like, four times. They had seven <laughs> shutouts in three weeks. I mean, and, and no, I mean, they, they beat up on the teams they should beat up on, but it was, like, they'd score in the first inning every night, and it would be over. And then they had those two weird doubleheaders, which I completely forgot about. Oh. Those weird doubleheaders. Is that where you did the diary of a, of a doubleheader in Detroit with yeah. guys sleeping in the press box? Yeah, you took a few naps. <laughs> it was a long day for everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that I just completely forgot. Trevor Bauer fighting Avisayo Garcia with right. the war of words, telling him to go back to the dugout because he wouldn't throw him a fastball. I, I had forgotten that that took place in that stretch. But I think the most memorable thing about it is the windows the windows everybody knew the windows including greg allen who later learned of it apparently in his car on the radio uh yeah i think the biggest thing that i took away from it is that there was no herculean guy that just took over right for those 22 and it, it's almost impossible for anybody to do that for 22 games but it was just a random different guy almost every every night which makes it, when you look back on it and you're looking for like those quotes, like you want to see what Lindor says, you want to yeah. see what Kipnis says, you want to see what Jose, and like you're like, oh wait, nope, the most impactful quotes are going to come from Eric Gonzalez and Greg Allen and Dan Otero. Dan Otero. Like, yeah, that was what was funny about that, just that entire stretch. And that's what made it, I had to talk to so many freaking people because of that. Like, I couldn't just rely on the, there were no like main main cast members. Brantley like, at that point is hurt. He's yeah. no longer uh, there. Andrew Miller only appeared in game 22. Yeah, so it was kind of it was a it was 
It was, like, weird. It was so improbable. Like the, the way that they won those games is improbable. And I really and I, I know when you talk to Lindor, he stressed that they didn't win a championship, so it yeah. doesn't ultimately matter. But I think it does, and I think it carries more weight. And maybe this is just me speaking for guys, and I and I shouldn't, but I'm going to anyways. I think for the older guys, for the veterans, the, the the players that have been around for years and years and know how friggin' hard that was, like how improbable that was, I think we'll appreciate it more than the guys that like Frankie has come up and almost won immediately, and that's all he really knows. It's all he really understands. Not to say that he doesn't appreciate it, but I think you gain a different perspective on it when you've been around a little bit longer and you've gone through some horrific losing seasons and you realize just how special something like that can be to bring everybody together. I was even going back and reading through articles that we wrote. Yeah. And, like, I remember having a conversation with Nick Goody. Remember him? Ooh. And he was saying how he thought it really just brought everybody closer, that they had to kind of almost exist in a bunker because he had ESPN guys coming in. Yeah. And different, all these entities coming in that just weren't used to seeing around here. I mean, think of, the Orioles might finish the season with 44 wins, which is only twice as many as the Indians <laughs> won in a row. I mean, I, I know they didn't win the World Series, and I know that's the end game, but I think over time you learn to appreciate some of the, the other things that happened. And, and I mean, the 90s teams are so revered for what they did and the excitement they brought. And like, over time, yes, you. you remain frustrated they didn't win a championship but like alvaro espinoza comes back in town and is treated like royalty like so i i think fans will remember the 22 in a row especially if they this group does win a championship at some point um and i I think it'll be something that's looked at as like that's like we think about the 95 team winning 100 games in 144 we think about the 99 team scoring 1,000 runs. We think about the 97 team pulling up the socks and going on a run. Like, I think that'll be one of the defining characteristics or achievements um, of, of, of this era. And I, at least from my perspective, I think it's possible to compartmentalize the disappointment and the frustration over blowing it in the ALDS against the Yankees and still appreciating everything that was great about that win streak and everything that was fun. I mean, from our perspective, how much fun was that every single day? Yeah. I, I thought that was, you know, in the moment you're like, okay, when is this going to end? How, how incredible is this going to be if they actually get to 20? And, and you're trying to process all that. But that was a fun ride to kind of be along and see each day how the media contingent would grow. And every day felt more and more almost like a playoff atmosphere to when you got to 20 and the, this ballpark was about ready to lift off. Sure. Well, like ESPN sent its top writer, Wright Thompson, once they got to 15 and they came back home. Um, and he thought he was going to be here for like two, three days. Yeah. And he, he was, was, he was here, here for, like for a, a little over a week. <laughs> and like for me, that was cool because he's a guy I look up to and, and I try to read everything he writes. And um, to be able to be around him and watch how he operates – pick his brain and just eventually read what he wrote and and think back to like, okay, well, here's what he did. Here's how he got these nuggets of information and these details. And, and and like, like that's something you don't see very often. You know what I mean? Like, like the fact that ESPN devoted its top writer to that storyline for that period of time was pretty cool. And, and that's, we're around the same people every day in that clubhouse. You know, to, to see national writers, to seek get national attention. You mentioned we got 
requests from Australia to do media and from England to do media and like yeah it took on a life of its own it's it's especially this time of year when there's you're just waiting to get to that finish line well I mean and a lot of it too is because they won 22 in a row but I mean they clinched fast last year too so they didn't win 22 in a row but they won a healthy amount of games in that stretch this clinch still would have come pretty quickly and for this team and to kind of transition to what's going on this year it's a different set of circumstances that makes this interesting this time it's about all these moving parts and how are these pieces going to fit and is there enough time to get everybody healthy and established in their new positions um is you mentioned ramirez is he going to work his way out of this month-long funk is he he and and lindor going to get the rest they need down the stretch and all this is happening as the indians are probably going to end up clinching today or tomorrow and that's as you look at the calendar, you go, there's a lot of time still left here on the schedule, but there's still so much yet to be determined. It's so weird to me that they're going to head into the postseason with just like this, so much uncertainty clouding it, but it's almost like an uncertainty that needed to exist because what was currently in place, I think, needed a little bit of a shakeup, just a, a little bit of, of something new to give this team a, sh- a legitimate shot in the, the postseason. And I think they've learned from the last two years. And Terry Francona always says we try to learn from every experience we go through. And I think last year proved that it, it doesn't matter if you're riding high going into the playoffs. And, and, and you don't want to rest on that. You don't want to think, well, we're the favorites. And we won 102 games. And we proved we can beat everybody and on any given night. And Do you think they were overconfident? Uh, no, but I don't think – I think there's a difference where this year when you go into it – Hey, wrap that up. <laughs> <as> <laughs> Andre Nott, of course. Uh, I just think this year when they go into it, like, they're going to be a little maybe hungrier, have a little different edge to them. How much – see, this is so weird. Andre. Yeah. <laughs> Good move. <laughs> I just didn't know what you were going to leave yeah, with, so I'm going to jump in. Yeah. So we're just talking about – how the uncertainty kind of gives them a little bit of an edge. Last year, did they go in overconfident? And I'm still, oh, yeah. I'm still undecided of how much of an edge and being hungry and all these cliche terms that get thrown around. How much that actually matters in the game of baseball? I don't think it matters that much in baseball. I think it does, though. I think I think what you guys are going at is very good. But I thought Edwin said it perfect the other day. He was like, "Oh, we got perfect," because Eddie's like on his own rhythm. He don't do shit that he doesn't want to do when he wants to do it. And he's like, we'd be good. Everybody come together. I think that's their mindset of kind of, if we're all healthy, we can kick your ass. And I think that's the edge that they're carrying. I go with that because last year I think it was easy to – I think after you win 22 games in a row, I'm not saying everybody coasted, but it's just like – it's kind of like, hey, we can throw our gloves out there and win because they did it with so many different guys last year where now – I mean, and how do you scout who they are? Like, how do you know right now who's, yeah. like, I mean, other than a Jose who hasn't hit since April, that's a joke. Uh, and he's the one I'm the least worried about. You hit me with a turtle shell. Uh, yeah, 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 that's true. So All today, right. today. You, wait, wait, you guys couldn't find somewhere to, to, to tape this. I said I'd help you, and then you end up taking the table we sit at. That's not Sinister course. Mother, Mother Hubbard, so I'm not going to say that word. <laughs> I think you already. Re- yeah, I've said it before. As many as you should say on this podcast last <laughs> week. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. <laughs> Go ahead, wrap it up. It's like a high school podcast. Hey, let's go sit at the cafeteria and do our podcast together, guys. That is exactly what we said, and we, that's how we sounded, too. <laughs> now what? So now you wrap it up. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, three weeks from now, 
they'll take the field in Houston, and we'll see what happens. And it will have very little to do with what happened from April through September. Yeah, Just still, as what happened last year I had little to do and what happened the year before had little I to do. I still can't. It's, it's the tough. I, I can see it in basketball. I can see it in football. You can see when you're, when you're playing in a, in a unit, you're going against other guys and like going all out on different plays makes such a big difference. You know, matchup sport and baseball, I still have no idea what those cliches mean. Like I'm, I'm edgy. I'm hungry. I'm no. I didn't mean that. The, like no. I don't know. You don't. Like I'm they're going to be angry. I mean that. But I'm saying I still. It's don't impossible know. for them to be overconfident this time. But I don't know. Like even if you are overconfident, is that why they lost last year? No. They lost because they lost because their stars right. didn't show up, and because Aaron Judge is six foot a billion and was able to reach his glove over a fence. You know if. if He's not able to catch that Lindor home run. I think we've talked about this before. If he's not able to catch that Lindor potential home run, it goes over the fence. And so let's say the Indians win one nothing in that game. Why wouldn't Greg Bird hit a home run? Maybe things play out differently. I'm I just mean, saying. You said like, about anything. You saying. said Carlos Carrasco coming back doesn't mean the Indians would have won in 2016. Exactly. I'm all I'm saying can't is pick if, and choose. If that if that ball goes over the fence and they win one nothing, it just changes so much. Just one small little thing. Sure. That's the point I'm making. Is that like. You can say all these different things. Oh, well, if this happens, if this happens, if that. It all comes down to like one or two little different, little random things that happen in a, in a series. Even go back to the, what just happened a few nights ago. Brad Hand strikes out Tommy Pham on a pitch that's right there. Doesn't get called. Go, ball goes through the infield on the next, uh, next ball in play. And then G-Man Choi comes up and hits a home run. And that changes just based on that strike potential call. You get losing two out of three of a series as opposed to taking two out of three, and it completely changes the narrative. And if if something is that fickle that that could happen that quickly, maybe things aren't. Maybe we're just putting way too much into into some pretty big ideas when it's all just pretty random. Yeah. So we've solved nothing once again. If we really solved it, you think we'd be sitting here in a lunchroom talking about dog food? No, I just. <laughs> like, we have no control over what happens. I, I, I think it'd be cool if they went to the World Series. It'd be fun to cover, and for their sake, I just think if they get bounced in the first round, it's going to be a mutiny from the fan base because it was a very lackluster season to get there. Yeah, yeah. At least in 2016, you fall back on okay. You had all those injuries down the stretch, and it seemed awful, and then you take away this. Wild ride down the stretch. 2017, you get the 22-game win streak. If they get bounced in the first round this year, what is what is the signature thing about this team? I don't know. If Mario they, Kart. If they never put the foot on the accelerator, there you go. Nice. Well, you have no random Indian because I already did it. So yeah. Tell people how you can listen to the podcast. Podbean. Go to theathletic.com and pay your money and give me a hat. Another one. You want? Do you want the bats? winter? Do you want the winter cap? Absolutely. Right. Golden Especially for your bald dome. Uh, you can also listen Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I can't wait Stitcher, to hear what Spotify. this sounds like. Jesus. Do <laughs> you have any parting words? No. Because I have nothing. Get me out of here. All I need right. to go find some food. All right. Well, and not in here. I'm going to go downstairs and see if I can find some pizza or something. We're out of here until next week. See you.